What up, y'all? This Bullshit Network's a little bit different today. We actually talk about all the pre-draft trades, and then in the second half, we talk about the Sam Darnold trade to the Panthers. They were recorded on different days, but I've combined them together, so hope you enjoy. Don't bother me, I'm working. 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 Don't work it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you are having a great one. I am the unforgettable one himself, Mr. Brett Carroll. Charles is always daydreaming. What up? And we are two guys that like BS and at work. Now, let me tell you what's not BS, man. I'm not saying I'm a psychic. I'm not saying that I am an all-knowing person being. What I am saying, person being, <laughs> what I am saying is ESPN might want to hire me because oh my God. Couple, a little bit ago we had an NFL pod and I said I think Carson Wentz is going to go to the Colts the very next day before we can even put the pod up because we because God forbid we stop to get something to eat. Carson Wentz is on the Colts. Then last time we talked the NFL, I said, yo, why don't we see teams do three-team trades? And I specifically mentioned with all the draft capital that these teams have, I'm surprised we don't see three-team trades in the NFL. And literally, I think a day or so after we put that pot up, boom, here we go. It's not it's technically not a three-team trade, but three teams were playing musical chairs with their picks. If you don't know what I'm talking about, let me catch you up in a nutshell. What happened was the 49ers went from 12 to 3 uh, trading picks with the Dolphins. And then in the same day, not too much longer later, the Dolphins decided to trade back up into the top 10, trading with Philly to take Philly's uh, six pick, and Philly moved back down to 12. It is a very fascinating trade on all three angles uh, because the Niners are basically – and they, they basically came out and said, yeah, we're going to draft a quarterback here. We want to keep Jimmy Garoppolo, but we also want to draft another young quarterback, which makes sense because Jimmy Garoppolo, when he's in, he's been pretty good for them. Who do you but, think they're going to draft, though? Well, I'll get into that in a second. Well, everybody's saying Mac Jones, um, which is interesting. So I'll get into that in a second. But the premise of, you know what, Jimmy G is great, but he's never healthy. So let's get a young quarterback in here. And even if Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy, we still believe that there's a lot of promise in these young quarterbacks who will eventually take his spot anyway. It won't be this year, but in the future, let's groom our next quarterback now. So he, so we have a back a backup that we like if Jimmy Garoppolo goes down. Uh, and if he isn't, hurt and if he stays in and we're successful great then we can figure out what we're going to do at our quarterback situation another time so i think that's fascinating uh to answer your question a lot of people uh are hinting that mac jones is the pick which makes it even more interesting because mac jones for everybody's account seems to be the fifth the consensus fifth guy you know what i mean there's always talk about oh is justin feels better than zach wilson is trey lance where's trey lance in this but the consensus has been that Mac Jones is the fifth guy. And if there's anybody that you have a good chance of getting at 12, it is Mac Jones. So the trade up to three, all the way to three, to basically ensure that you're getting Mac Jones was interesting. 
Because um, I don't think he, Mac Jones was supposed to go in the top 10 regardless. I don't get why Justin Fields has slid below Mac Jones unless the Niners feel they can get a couple more seasons out of Jimmy G and then transition to Mac Jones. Right, and I think that's what they want to do. And what people are uh, lamenting is Kyle Shanahan's system is more play action. It's way more play action than rollouts, which means the, the, the knock on Mac Jones is he's just not athletic. And in today's NFL, you need an athletic quarterback, which is really the only reason why a lot of people have him, you know, lower than all these other quarterbacks who are athletic freaks as well as good quarterbacks. Well, Kyle Shanahan's system is more play action. You don't need to be, you know, he, you know, Matt Ryan won an MVP in this system. Um, you know what I mean? So that you don't need necessarily an athletic guy. You need someone who has a strong arm and who could be accurate. And that's what Mac Jones does. And what a lot of people are also saying is Mac Jones is really, really smart. Steve Sarkeesian has, you know, been glorifying this dude on how smart he is and how he's been able to implement more of his offense with him than any other quarterback. Yeah, but how does Mac Jones go before Justin Fields? Well, I mean, it's football, bro. It's fit. It's all about fit. Like, yeah, like, but that's BS. That's that's the same reason we saw Lamar Jackson drop. That's the same reason we saw Deshaun Watson drop. This is some of the pre-draft hype we talk about every year, and not just me and you on the pod. I mean, football fans. Every single year this happens, it's always some dude that oh, the hype just surrounds 30 days out. And now the guy that you said was the fifth consensus, fifth quarterback is all of a sudden going third overall second as a quarterback or no third, a uh, third quarterback, because they would have uh, T law going first and then Zach Wilson to the jets. And then immediately it's Mac Jones, not Justin Fields. I'm just, I'm just surprised. I'm just, I'm very surprised. Well, and, and that's, what I think makes this trade so interesting because it's interesting for all three because um, that's just the 49ers aspect of it. Again, why are you trading up to get a guy that is maybe not be, might not be there at 12, but you definitely didn't have to trade all the way up to three to get. No, but he probably would be there at 12 because even, okay, say who, uh, the, the third pick even is a quarterback. Say they take Justin Fields. You still got Trey Lance that could go to the Panthers. Or, or maybe the Broncos? I don't see the Broncos taking him. What, is the Broncos the only threat to you taking Mac Jones? Well, I mean, so, the you know, the thing is, if you got a guy, you take him. Remember, we talked about the, this with the Daniel Jones thing, right? If you got a guy, you take him. You know what I mean? If you like somebody, you go ahead and take him. Why leave it to chance? Because you never know. Somebody else could trade up and get him. But, but still, to trade all the way up to three to get him, that's a little, that's a little interesting. Um, Because, again, you could have probably traded up to five to make sure that even if the top four quarter picks are quarterbacks, you're still going to get your guy. And this latest mock shade draft is Fugazi, in my opinion, because he has a bunch of trades in there. Like one thing that makes sense looking down is uh, the Dolphins taking Devonta Smith the wide receiver out of Alabama at six now. I completely get that. But then he has the Panthers sliding up in a trade. At, at seven to pay, take Trey Lance, and he got Patrick Sertain going to Denver. So, yeah, yeah, that that mock draft. And, and then, if because you, you always ask me about my Giants, he, apparently we trade the pick to the Patriots, and the Patriots take Justin Fields at eleven. Fugazi mock. I know we're a month out, and you're bored, but come on, man. No, yeah, uh, the Panthers trading up one spot to get Trey Lance, especially trading up with a team in Detroit that you know isn't taking the quarterback. That makes no sense. Um, even if 
they're trading up to try to make sure nobody trades up ahead of them. Why would you only trade at one spot? You know what I mean? That, that, that doesn't make sense. If, if anything, I know, I, and he explained that in, um, I think when he was on sports center that day, he said, well, obviously not going to be able to trade with Atlanta. Atlanta's not going to trade up so they could get their quarterback in the future. Yeah. Cool. Cincinnati would trade. I, I think Cincinnati would be more than willing to trade down three spots and get some picks in return. Um, I'm pretty sure the Dolphins would do another trade to trade back down just two more spots and still get their guy. I don't know if the Dolphins would do it just because they are in the hunt for one of the top wide receivers and they kind of want to stay in that range so they get that wide receiver. No, no, I, I yeah, I get that. But again, if you know a, a team is moving up just to get a quarterback, you're still and you're only going down three slots, you're kind of still giving yourself a, a really good chance. Actually, two slots because the Dolphins are at six. Um, so you're still giving yourself a great chance to get, uh, you know, one of those pass catchers. Um, and, but that's my point. So even if, but that's my point too. Even if the Dolphins said no to that, why would you trade at one spot? At that point, just stay at eight and take your chances. There's not, there's no point of giving up draft picks to move up one spot to get your guy. I, I that that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but speaking of Dolphins, let's talk about that. They're, they're the next phase of this. They traded down and then traded back up uh, to back to number six, to your point, to get a top pass catcher, probably going to be Devonta Smith from, from Alabama to go with Tua. And I think this is a great move by the Dolphins to show Tua, look, we're behind you. We are behind you. Um, you know, at three, there was a lot of talk of maybe they'll go quarterback, maybe they'll do this, maybe they'll do that. For them to trade down – and trade back up to a spot where now all of a sudden the quarterback is probably out of the question, but pass catcher is, I think that was a great vote of confidence for their young quarterback, especially when all the rumors are swirling. Cause you know, that gets the players, especially young players. You know, if you're Tua, you've been praised for all a couple of years now, but now all of a sudden, because you had only six games to show for yourself coming off a of hip surgery now everybody's ready to give up on you. Like, that's very, very challenging as a young quarterback. So to see the Dolphins kind of do this move to, to show him, hey, man, we believe in you. Don't listen to the rumors. We believe in you. And we're going to trade out to get some picks because that's the smart thing to do. But then we trade it back up to still get you the pass catcher that you need so that you could be the best that you can be. I think that was a great move. And I, I think that, uh, you know, that that – that's a great thing to do to show your young quarterback that you're behind him. And they still got all these picks. So if he doesn't work out next year, you have some draft capital, um, you know, to, to maybe move up if you need, if you do need to get a, a quarterback. Uh, and I, and I, and then that goes to the Philly side of this. I think they did the same thing. They said, look, we're going to get more draft picks so we can help Jalen hurts as much as we can. But if we're here next year and he still doesn't look the part, now we have a lot of draft picks that if we need to move up and get a quarterback, we have some draft capital to do that. So it was an interesting development. Yeah, Philly ain't got no plan. They, they, they were they were tanked. They tanked the last game of the season against my team to get the better pick so they could draft the pick one spot for better capital. And they have some plan around Jalen Hurst all of a sudden. I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. They, whoa, they, they are, that is that is that is a ship going with the wind, and this is the same team, the same team that last year passed on Justin Jefferson, and they right, well, well, that, well, well, that's what that's what I was about to go. Through. So, from what I'm hearing from people that are like follow the Eagles really, really, really closely, 
I guess what the Eagles were hearing is that uh, Jamar Chase is going to go to the Bengals. The Bengals are going to get Jamar Chase, which makes sense. That's Joe Burrow's boy. That was his number one receiver when they were together winning national championships together. A.J. Green is gone. And even though I think they should go Penny Sewell because their offensive line is horrendous and they need to protect Joe Burrow, who got hurt because you couldn't protect him. I, I can understand where you're saying, look, let's get a bona fide number one receiver um, especially a guy that our young quarterback is comfortable throwing the ball to. So if you're the Eagles and you know that the guy that you, everybody wants you to draft isn't going to be there, why not trade down and try to get some more picks? Because this team does need a lot. It's you know it's not like the Eagles are close. They need a lot of pass catchers. Um, and you can still get one at twelve, um, and they need some offensive line help. They need some defensive depth. They need a lot of receivers. They need more than just one receiver. So I, I could see that mindset of like, you know what, if the guy that everybody wants us to draft might not be there anyway, instead of disappointing fans draft night, let's just move down now so that they already you know to temper their expectations for what our draft is going to look like. I, I agree with that. And if we yeah, do have – Once again, you're, as for somebody that on a different podcast on this blog – that says they don't care about the fans, like whoever they may be. The Eagles are not considering the fans on draft night. They've never considered the fans on draft night. And the, the once again, you, you're trying to apply logic to a team that's been just illogical the last two seasons. There's no logic to this. I think they just traded the pick because they think they can get more capital. Maybe, yeah, maybe because they, they're like, oh, Jamar Chase isn't going to be there. But again, they pass on Justin Jefferson, so their assessment of wide receivers is off anyway. They're probably moving back to get more capital just to get more capital. Just like they tank just to get a better pick. It's not a long-term plan. It's just like, a, oh, we can make this work with no plan in place. No, maybe I'm you 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 might be right. I mean, you pay attention to the Eagles probably more than I do. I'm just I'm just telling you what I've what I've heard from other people and I do know that that Justin Jefferson thing, for people that don't understand, they drafted Jalen Rieger out of TCU over Justin Jefferson, who everybody, and I mean everybody, you look at every single mock draft you looked at last year, everybody had Justin Jefferson going to the Eagles because he was the obvious choice. The obvious choice. Uh, the obvious choice. They went in a different direction. Jalen Rieger had a decent rookie year it wasn't terrible but it wasn't oh, okay great. he had a decent rookie year that's cool what how did uh, justin jefferson know? justin jefferson <laughs> literally had the most yards in nfl history for a rookie should in my opinion should have won rookie of the year yeah he definitely should have won rookie of the year no offense to justin herbert you didn't break no, all offense all offense it should be you stole justin jefferson's award yeah like justin jefferson was breaking records you didn't really break any records um so because of that you have a guy now in Jamar Chase who's supposed to be better than Justin Jefferson, who played on the same team as Justin Jefferson did, who was the number one receiver on that team. And Justin Jefferson was actually the second dude on the team. A lot of Eagles fans are like, yeah, don't screw this up again. The one thing you cannot do is screw this up again. If Jamar Chase was there at six, and the Eagles did not take him, there would have been riots in the streets. So I know, you, I know you're saying, oh, they don't care about what the fans think. I think they knew wholeheartedly. No, they're not taking him, so they traded back. You're proving my point that they're incompetent, and they could get a, a wide receiver, and they at six, they could have picked him. But they moved back just because they aren't going to pick the wide receiver they need. 
that's all it is. They're just not going to draft it, even though everybody that's an Eagles fan wants them to draft a wide receiver, a top weapon, a, a, a number one target, especially with a young quarterback in Jalen Hurts, who was doubted. I, I was one of the only people saying this dude can be starting in the NFL. Everyone was like, yeah, fourth round pick is going to be starting in the NFL. So I'm not hating on the quarterback in the situation. I'm saying the organization has proven they're not interested in drafting a wide receiver that high because they don't ever plan on pay- paying said wide receiver. That's how the Eagles operate. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and to, to you know, yeah, at 12, they can still get a good wide receiver. So yeah, they can get a good one. They're not going to get the talent that's there at six because in the mock, once again, the mock meet is meaningless because for all we know, San Francisco could have traded ahead to draft a number one receiver. We really don't know at, at this time. That. Right. Well, and, and I'm not saying that's exactly what they're doing, but the, the Zach Wilson to, to the Jets seems like a done deal. The San Francisco 49ers and Mac Jones, I just don't see it, but they got the Atlanta, but Todd McShay got the Atlantic, uh, the Atlanta Falcons taking Kyle Pitts, who some had the Giants taking at 11, Kyle Pitts at four. So that's one target off the board. Then you got Jamar Chase of the Bengals, which apparently is a done deal. Then you got Devonta Smith at six, six, the, the Dolphins taking. Why wouldn't the Eagles take him there? And that's not the only one. You, you also have, uh, what's his name? Hold on. Jalen Waddell, the, the other Bama wide receiver. Yeah. Where was the Eagles defense good? Because you could have picked one of the top corners in the draft at six, also. Yeah, nah, six. I think they had to go wide receiver, though. But to your point, to your point, I think twelve. I, I, I well, okay. I guess what I'm saying is, I totally agree with you. That's my point. I think they traded down because it gives them more freedom at twelve. If they took the best defensive player available, nobody's going to get mad at that. At six, if they did that, like I said, there'll be riots, especially if Jamar Chase was sitting there, there'll be riots in the streets. So I, I think at, I think what they did was they got more draft capital and they gave them more freedom to pick who they wanted with their first round pick because they knew that six pick was handicapped to Jamar Chase. And to your point, if he's not there, at, least, at the very least, Devontae Smith. So I think that trading down for them was their freedom to kind of just look at the board and pick whoever they wanted because now you can't like, oh, you can't get mad at us we it's not that we didn't draft them they weren't available so you know I, i'm agreeing with you on that one that was definitely the strategy here um to to make sure that they ensured themselves that they were going to be able to draft who they wanted without eagles fans really being able to say anything about it so that 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 it's it's a, like I said it was an interesting trade not not necessarily a three team trade but it was as close as we're probably going to get in the NFL. And you want, yeah, you wanted to run your lap on this one because you were asking last time and you called me brilliant over my response. So it's a win win for everybody in the situation. <laughs> yeah, I mean it. it I, like I said, I've always wondered why that doesn't work in the NFL. Um, it, it makes sense. It just makes sense, and we saw it. We uh, we saw it just now. You know. 49ers moving up, Dolphins moving back, and then the Dolphins basically moving back up uh, in order to, you know, get what they wanted. And imagine, I would imagine if this was a three-team trade and they talked it out, the compensation might have been a little bit better because, if especially if you're the Dolphins, because now you're basically only sliding back three picks and not sliding back up six. 
You know what I mean? Like, hey, that, remember when you were saying fly Eagles fly because Carson Wentz was <laughs> a MVP candidate and how they, they were poised for like a dynasty because they had all the, these young people. I, wait, wait, I was not. I didn't know you back then. We literally worked together. I said fly Eagles fly when they won the championship just to piss you off. That's the only thing I said. Uh huh. You say you didn't know me. I didn't know you back then. You lie. I didn't, I didn't know you back when Carson Wentz was MVP. I, I just knew you when, when Nick Foles was winning championships. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, this is a bullshit network, so I can just randomly bring up something random. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, before you do that, before you do that, because I know you're going to get us off on a tangent. Yes. Um, well, not really. It's just something I wanted to, I, before I forgot. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, it has nothing to do with what we were talking about, though. What did you have to say? I was gonna bring up the seventeen games because that's, that's. Oh my god! Fine, yeah. Let's 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 bitch about that a little bit. Uh, it is. I'm annoyed because what makes something that makes it so special is the sixteen games. You know, the eight and eight, five hundred, the all sixteen count. All 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 the weeks count, and even with a preseason, take COVID out of it. Even with a preseason, a four week preseason, the first couple of weeks you're getting your, your footing, uh, you know, as a team. Yeah. But they still count just as much. Adding one game is just a trial balloon to get up to 20 games. I don't buy this bullshit because they've been ta- preaching player safety for years. They don't want to give guaranteed money, but here we go, an extra game. An extra regular season game, not a preseason. They didn't shorten the preseason and, and add this. This is just another game now. Yeah, it's basically the same thing. It took away a preseason game, made it a regular season game. What I do think is interesting. So it's starting play. earlier or it's ending later? It's ending later. Yeah. So that's so you didn't, I don't count that as a preseason game yet taken away because if it's ending later, that's later weeks. You know what I mean? Like, so week 17. Right, so now there's a week eighteen. Yep. Yeah, and and you're playing into the colder months. It's a it's a sometimes a disadvantage for teams that are broken already. So right, it, it spits in all the propaganda they've pushed for the last decade about player safety. Oh, we, and we knew it was bullshit. Yeah, I'm just saying, like I I'm it's it it turns me off, man. It just it's one of those things that you're taking away everything that's special. I already completely lack the patience now as a lifelong viewer of the commercials for games that don't involve my team. Like I get annoyed and I just want to start watching something else because if it's not a direct rival, if it doesn't impact my team, I don't need to keep seeing the same Budweiser commercials. I don't got to keep seeing the same iPod commercials. I don't got to keep seeing all that bullshit. I just don't care. IPod, good Lord. I'm looking at my iPod, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> I have my iPhone and I have my iPod and I wasn't looking at my iPhone. I was looking at my iPod. So my bad, my bad. I know it's a bad reference, but I'm just letting you guys know where my eyes were when I was saying. Speaking of age, speaking of aging ourselves, I was thinking, I don't know why this tune popped in my head, but remember like the Budweiser, I think it was the Budweiser record like commercials. It's like, ah, Love quarterbacks eating dirt, da, 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 and twins. Yeah, that, oh yeah, that reeks of when it came out. 
Yes, exactly. I was thinking about it, I'm like, wow, they can never do that commercial. Now. That was a great commercial, but you can and, never. And, and twins, and twins, and I love you too. It was a great commercial, by the way. Everybody, young kids, go, uh, put it on YouTube. You'll find it. Um, yeah, but I, do you disagree with me? Or are you like excited I don't. for another so, game? So, so here's the thing. And you brought up something just now, that, and I didn't even think about this. There's no more 500 now. People people get their job saved by at least going 500. You know what I mean? Like pe- there have been coaches that have kept their jobs because they at least got to 500. Um, now there is no, none of that. It's you're either a winning record or a losing record. There is no in between. And that's interesting. I wonder how, you know, we'll, we'll, I wonder how many careers are going to be affected by that. Cause I, I didn't think about that until you just said that um, there's going to be no, uh, 500 records. That, that's a, that's done, that's a done deal. Um, especially you see like a guy like Mike Tomlin who's made a career and his legacy off the fact that he's never had a losing record. And some of those games, some of those years, we were eight and eight. So that saved his record. That extra game, what what would that have done for him? You know, win win or lose, that changes everything. Um, especially there were some years we just didn't have it towards the end of the year because the injuries and stuff like that. Like the year that um. Ben Roethlisberger was hurt and we we're playing with Duck Hodges and, and Mason Rudolph. I, I guarantee you, unless we play the worst team in the league, I guarantee you we're not winning that other game. And that messes up his entire legacy. You know what I mean? So that's an interesting part of this as well that I didn't even think about until you just brought it up. Uh, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I wanted, and I said this last year, if you wanted an extra game, I said, you know what, just put eight teams in the playoffs and have everybody have a week off before the playoffs, you know, let everybody have a bye. Cause like you said, it's a physical sport adding another week before the playoffs just hurts everybody. Like that, that's not good product. Um, you don't want teams battered going into the playoffs, especially when only one of them has a bye. I think that's stupid. Um, I think they wanted to add another game because I think they're looking at some of these teams like, like the chiefs, uh, like the Buccaneers maybe, and they're saying if they go undefeated, we want to have a 20-0 season. We don't want to have a 19-0 season because that's not sexy. We That's hard to sell, right? Um, I think that's one of the reasons why they're doing it. Plus, they want more games because there's more revenue. You know what I mean? It's just more revenue. The more games you have, the more revenue you, the more revenue you generate, as if the NFL isn't already the biggest grossing sport in our country. Um, you know, but the rich want to get richer. Um, so they added this extra game. But I, my thing was, nah, don't do that. Add eight teams. You already kind of ruined the playoffs by adding seven teams. Add eight teams, but just have a bye week in between so everybody at least gets that week rest. And now the only thing that having a number one and two seed does is give you home field advantage, which I, which I think is fair. Having one team have a bye, that is so ridiculous advantage over everybody else. I would rather what you just said in general than just getting this extra game with the seven. So, yeah. Yeah. I'd I'd rather 16 weeks and everyone gets a bye week going into the postseason, but everyone's playing than the the current situation that we have now, because it, it does make the regular season still matter a lot, but at the same time, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Like, because we know this isn't going to be the end. We know we're not 
in perpetuity going to have 17 games. They're going to try to get it to 18 games. Then they're going to try to get it to 20 games. Right. They, they've been they've been pushing 18 for a long time. That's what I mean. We, we know where the end game is here, and it's adding more games, and that's and it's just annoying. They're watering down their own product. There's this is it started with the concussion controversy. This is a, the next step. Baseball took decades to fall from from number one, and we're seeing that. I said that years ago to you. Now, you know, but you know, it's funny. Mark Cuban said this a long time ago. And we all thought he was hating, but he 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 predicted this. He said, "Look, the NFL is going to kill themselves because they're 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 too arrogant and they're too fixated on the wrong things." And he was and he was right. I mean, like you said, they're watering down their own product. The NFL works because, like you said, every Sunday matters. And even in their proposal of how the seventeen games are going to work, like it doesn't matter because the last game of the season, everybody's going to take off. Because it's an interconference game, uh, I believe from the conference that you play like two years ago, which makes sense because now it's like it's still a fresh game. But I guess it's like the division position. So like if you won your division, you face a division winner of your interconference division from two years ago or something like that, or eight, or maybe even three years ago. I forgot which one it is, um, and that that makes it better. And but but because of that. If you're a team that's you know already in the playoffs, you're just going to rest your guys. You're not going to play them week 17. And they're okay with that because they just want the extra game for the extra money. And that's the problem. You're, all, you're basically admitting by making it an interconference game, you're basically admitting that the game means absolutely nothing. The, one of the smartest thing they, things they did was the last couple of years of making week 16 a division game so that people wouldn't rest more more likely than not because most of the time those games might mean something that that extra division win might be the difference between winning your division or making the wild card off a tiebreaker or something by you adding an interconference game that's going to do nothing to the standings and nothing to the tiebreaker model you're basically guaranteeing at least the top teams are going to be you know resting their dudes and you got to think about that way too if how pissed would you be if your Giants are fighting for a playoff spot and you have to face another AFC team that's trying to make the playoffs, but somebody in your division is facing an AFC team that's already made the playoffs or is tanking. So they're not even playing their guys on week 17, kind of like what you saw, what you saw last year with the Eagles, right? They, they tanked that game because they weren't going to help, another team in their division they'd rather help themselves yeah and, and everyone was arguing they tanked for be- for a better draft pick which they traded back already right um, um, but, so there's but, so there's the planning of the philadelphia eagles once again i'm just but but the point is you're, you're going to see way more of that if the eagles are facing oh yeah tanking is going to happen more yeah if the eagles are fa- let's say the eagles are struggling and they're facing the browns but you need the Eagles to win that game or whatever, or, or as a Steelers fan, I need, I need the Eagles to win that game. I'm going to be pissed because a team that's not even in my division or not even in my conference might change the outcome of what, of what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like that, that would, that would piss me off as a fan. That would piss me off. Like how, like you're the fate of my team might be in the hands of somebody who has no business being in the middle of our, our beef. You know what I mean? Like that, that's stupid. 
That's stupid. And vice versa, if you're trying to make the playoffs and the Browns are tanking against the Eagles, and you know the Browns could probably beat the Eagles, but the Browns are tanking because they're already in the playoffs or, you know, they're not going to win their division, whatever, and now the Eagles win a game that you needed them to lose, how pissed are you going to be? You know what I mean? Like, Or especially if – or, you know, they win their game and then you're going to face the Ravens or something who's still fighting, and then you lose to the Ravens, but the Eagles get a cheap win – and they win your division just off the strength of of that, and now you're out of the playoffs. Like you would, you would be pissed at all hell, as you should be. And like so, the the NFL is admitting that this game means nothing. The NFL is admitting that they don't care. The NFL is admitting that this is just for money. And like you said, they've been preaching safety, 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 but yet they've been pushing for these games over and over and over again, and it sucks. It sucks for the bubble players that are missing that preseason game because there's a lot of people that do make rosters off of that third and fourth game. Yep. And now they don't have that opportunity. Nope. For a game that's not even going to matter for most teams. I think we faced the Seahawks this year. Um, and, and and that's another thing. If I'm fighting for a playoff spot and I got to face Russell Wilson week, seven, week 18, I'm pissed. Why do I have to face Russell freaking Wilson week 18 for a chance to make the playoffs? That's that's insane. That's insane. If I'm fighting for my playoff lives and I got to face Russell Wilson, which, by the way, we faced Russell Wilson two years ago when Ben got hurt. So you're in your mind, you're saying, okay, cool, at least we don't have to face Russell Wilson for another four years. Oh, wait, nope, we're facing him now. Week 18 with, our, with probably our playoff hopes on the freaking line. And God forbid he has something to play for, whether it's the MVP, whether it's the number one seed in the NFC, whether it's a playoff spot, whether it's, it's the division, because you know his division so good. Like, it's like, damn. Like, that's, that's, that's trash. That's trash. I, I, I don't like it. Uh, I get why they did it, but to your point, it's just it's just diluting the brand. What makes NFL good is it's not MLB, it's not NHL, it's not, you know, the NBA. You know, we talked about on the next pod, Kyrie could take three games off, and who cares because it's three games in March, right? If if your starting quarterback took three games off in the NFL, you're screwed. And and if they, if they start playing 20 games, if there's a team that has 15 and 0, you could take off three games. Right, right. Like, that, that's where we're getting to. And and, and that's what, why I'm starting to sound like the old guy in the room, but – you're, you're you're hurting your own product. You're hurting what makes it special. If there was only 20 NBA games or, or 50, even 50 NBA games, the, I think the ratings would go up because each one means more. But because you don't see the ratings for a regular season game usually that you see for the NBA finals. But I think they're just drunk off the power. Like they think the, the Super Bowl will keep getting more and more popular no matter what. They think that the NFL ratings will stay that high no matter what. And it's crazy because I was alive for when Monday night wrestling was outdoing Monday night football. Mm. Like that was in my lifetime. So the, the people that were like, nothing can ever compete. Did we all forget the 90s? Like, that's the crazy part. All this 90s nostalgia. People don't remember WWF and WCW beating the NFL on Monday nights and ratings. More people watching pro wrestling than pro football. And now they're of the mindset that no matter what, pro football is king. That's what baseball thought. That's what boxing thought. Yep. 
Uh, all empires come to an end, man. It really does, and, and and it's sad because that's that's the problem. That's the problem. They don't. They don't. You forget what made you special. You forget what made you special. And when you forget that made you special, you ruin the product. It it just doesn't make sense. To your point, if you're 15 and 0, you could take the next five games off if you wanted to. Most likely, depending on what your division's looking like. Yep. Right. You could. And people say, "Oh, 15 and 0. Who's gonna be like?" Mm, there's a lot of teams that go 15 and 0. There's a lot of teams that are like 14. Like I mean, shit. Even the Steelers were 11 and 0 at the time. You know what I mean? So, and if we didn't collapse, that could have been a thing. It, there's a lot of teams, again, the Chiefs, the Patriots back in the day. Uh, uh, who else in a bad division? Uh, hell, any if any team in the NFC East becomes great, they could be doing that. If you are even four, even 14 and two, right? You could probably slow down the last month of the season. How boring is that going to be if you're barely playing your guys the last month of the season because you're just trying not to get hurt? Yep. How bad of a product is that going to be? And people and people are going to sit there and say, "Oh, well, that's never going to happen, or that's going to happen once in a blue moon." Okay, cool. You say. What do you that. mean? We saw a whack ass game in the NFC East that we keep mentioning on this pod. That that, that when the Eagles tanked, it was a competitive game. And then they turn to shit. And we're going to see more of that now. That's just what happens. That's what happens when there's more games. The, 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 the bad teams are going to have week eight games, or not week eight, week 17 games or week 18 games. And they're not going to count for anything besides hopeful L's for so many teams because they want better draft position. Right. It, you know, so, like, so all you did was take the preseason game fr- from late August and move it to the winter. Right. And, and like I said, my, well, my thing is people are like, oh, that's not going to happen or it's rarely going to happen. Yeah, it's rarely going to happen. But guess what? When it happens, people are going to be in an uproar. I'm telling you, when it happens, people are going to lose their mind. Let the Chiefs go 15-0. and 0. Let the, I'm telling you, let the Chiefs go 15-0 and, 0 and, and, and and the next team behind them already has like four losses or something. And watch Pat Mahomes sit out for the last five games. And you tell me if people don't lose their ever loving mind, all the fantasy players, all the, all the people that bet, you know, we, you know, sports betting is such a big thing. Like let that happen. Let the chiefs go 15 and zero, and Pat Mahomes rest for four of the last five weeks, because they're not trying. Travis Kelsey rests two or three of those weeks. And Tyreek Hill takes a week or two off. Let let that Chiefs offense shut down for a couple of weeks to make sure that they just are healthy enough for the playoffs. And I'm telling you right now, people are going to lose their minds. People are going to lose their ever-loving minds. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And, and again, and that, that was with the 20-game scenario. But, my, but what we're saying is they need to recognize that now. While they, while they don't get ahead of themselves, because that's where they're going next. They are going for that twenty game period. That's what they want, and if they if they get their way, they're gonna have it. And people don't realize how bad that is, because that's what makes the NFL special. Every week is important. Every week, every week is important, and that and that's another thing too. There's no extra buy. So imagine if you're that team that has the week four bye. Now you have an extra week of no rest before you get to the playoffs. That's just dumb. It's just dumb. Again, we're talking about player safety, but you're going to have guys go on a, what, 13-week binge without resting? Like, that's, that's insane. That's insane. 
that, that's that's insane. I don't I don't even know. You know, I don't even know how you yeah, 13 week bins without without rest. And God forbid they and they probably won't be the number one seed, which means they gotta go straight through the playoffs with no rest after that. It, it's just dumb. And, yeah. and 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 again, we you know when people also get hurt because of that, people are gonna be in uproar. You know, it's there's so many bad, you know, snowball effect things that's gonna happen with this. But you know, who are we? We're just two guys on a podcast. What do we know? <laughs> Don't bother me, I'm working. 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 Don't work it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I hope you're having a great one. As you can probably tell, we're in studio together today. We're actually in the same location. So this is going to be a shit show, but who cares? It are BSing at work. I am the unforgettable one himself, Mr. Brett Carroll, and I'm coming in really loud. Let me back up. Charles is always daydreaming, and we are two guys that love BSing at work. Let me tell you what's some BS. The Jets, once again, on that BS. Now, I'm going to be very honest with you. I said from the jump they should not trade Sam Darnold. I said from the jump, why don't you use the bajillion picks that you have to actually put a team around him and not draft his replacement because you never gave the guy a fair shot. I said it would be a mistake if you trade him. But I left out one important caveat. The caveat being it would be a mistake if you trade him unless you trade him to one of my teams. And they did it. They traded him to the Carolina Panthers, and I am excited. Because once again, Jets fans, you're going to see what happens when quarterbacks are actually in a healthy organization instead of the swamp pool that is the New York Jets. Now, for those of y'all that don't know what I'm talking about, the Jets traded their starting quarterback, Sam Darnold, who's only 23 years old, by the way. Joe Burrow is older than him. Only 23. He ah to be 23 again. He traded him. I was an asshole at 23. I'm good. Yeah, me too, but still, I would love to be that young. They traded the 23-year-old Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers for a six-rounder in this upcoming draft and a second and fourth rounder in next year's draft. So, decent compensation. Some people say it was really little. Some people say it was a great trade. I'm I didn't a, think they were going to get the second rounder. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah honestly, if, if the second rounder wasn't in there, you would probably just laugh at the Jets altogether. But with the second rounder next year, I'm like, okay, that's a decent trade. So... The Panthers are going to have Matt Rule, Sam Darnold, and Roby Anderson, a.k.a. the team the Jets fans wanted two years ago. With, or three years ago. With Joe Brady as the offensive coordinator and Christian McCaffrey as the running back. Christian McCaffrey. And DJ Moore as their wide receiver, who I – another guy, if you don't know, this guy's going to be a star. I'm telling you. He need, he, which is why they were so gung-ho on getting a quarterback – because they have so much confidence in their offense. So much confidence. They went defense all last year's draft, which I've never think I've ever seen that before. An offensive-minded team 
going defense. And that first defense. pick worked out. The, the, the defensive tackle they chose wasn't bad. No, no, a lot of their picks worked out. Uh, the safety that they got in the third round, I think, he he could have been defensive player of the year. Derrick Brown, the, the, the defensive Derek, tackle Derek uh, that they got in the first round last year, he was all rookie team, first team. So they had a great draft last year on defense. They wanted a quarterback, not because Teddy Bridgewater is bad, but they wanted somebody a little bit more dynamic, something that was going to turn that offense to the next level because they have weapons. They, uh, you know, they might not be, besides Christian McCaffrey, they might not be household names to, like, casual fans. But they, they have some good players. Robbie Anderson is a good player. DJ Moore is a good player. I think DJ Moore could be a star with the right quarterback. So They have potential. They have potential to definitely win the South next year. Yeah. Which is, just feels wide open at this point. I, I understand the champions are in the South. I understand Tom Brady's coming back. I understand that the Saints got Jameis Winston and pretty much the same exact team. They just lost Drew Brees, who arguably was the problem last year. Right. But I don't see the problem from the Panthers' side. Like, a couple of my friends were clowning the Panthers for getting Sam Darnold, like saying, oh, good luck, or yada, yada, yada. They didn't really give much up besides that second pick, the second round pick. And it's in next year's draft. So if they're good or better, not even good, if they're better than they were, that isn't even that valuable of a pick. Right. It's still a good second. It's still a second round pick. Is still a good pick. Right. You're getting a top sixty pick. Right. But it's. I, I just don't see the downside for the Panthers in this trade. I don't see. I see the downside for the Jets only because they could have made a move earlier and got more. That's the only thing I have a problem with. Is the Jets could have got more, and, I, and this is coming from a guy that didn't think they'd get a second rounder, and they got a second rounder this late. You, that means that tells me you could at least got a better second rounder in this draft if you would have traded them a couple months ago. You're telling me the Bears didn't offer something better. You're telling me the Colts didn't offer something better. I just don't. I don't get it. And, and mind you, Joe Douglas has said as much. Like I think he's going to be successful regardless. It just didn't work out here. And props to him for saying that. Props to him for saying like, hey, sometimes things don't work out. I think he is going to be a success, so don't act like if he's good with the Panthers, I didn't think he was good, or whatever the hell he said. But I'm paraphrasing. But it's good that the Jets GM, Joe Douglas, writing the sins of the past and acknowledging the faults. Because he's 23. He could be getting drafted right now. If he was in this draft, he'd be the second quarterback taken. Yeah. Like the... I don't, I don't want to, all the people Vic Wilson. No, if Sam Darnold was in this draft, the only person, the only quarterback at least that was that's getting drafted before him is Trevor Lawrence. Stop it. Yeah. That and that's and that's in hindsight knowing how bad he how bad he's been in the NFL. If he was in this draft, he would still be the second quarterback taken. If he draft. was in this draft, USC would have been a bigger contender for the college playoffs the last three years. Yeah, I mean, come on. He, what are we talking about? You know what I mean? He he's mistake prone, but a lot of young quarterbacks are. And again, when you're running for your life because you have no offensive line, when you when you don't have anybody getting open because you don't have uh, weapons, if your coach refuses to use the all pro running back that you had, you're gonna make mistakes. And people are gonna say he made mistakes in, in college. Yeah, again, he's young. He's only 23 years old. They didn't nurture him at all. Adam Gase and me and you, we're just discussing other people's excellence here. We're supposed to be talking about dope shit. And Adam Gase is the antithesis of that. That dude is failing upwards. I will never understand how he keeps getting employment. 
He doesn't seem liked by the players. Oh, he doesn't seem to have any type of success. Because he was the quarterback coach one year for Peyton Manning when Peyton Manning had a great year. Yeah, and, and apparently if Peyton Manning likes you, you're good forever. Doesn't Regardless if the Dolphins hate you, regardless if the Jets hate you, regardless if, if football as a whole looks at you like a joke because the right guys in the good old boys club like you. And not just Peyton Manning. You, you also got Bill Belichick and, and the legend down there in Bama. Yeah. So... I get why people just keep giving him a chance, but he's failing up. There's no resume here that is his resume. Now, mind you, I'm not saying dude shouldn't have a job. I ain't ever. I don't ever want you know people, you know, families to go hungry type shit. I'm just saying he shouldn't be a head coach. No, he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be a head coach. He shouldn't be a coordinator. Yeah, like, should, a position coach maybe, but what position? What 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 am I supposed to take as a fan and look at him and go, wow, he's really good at X. What is the X that Adam Gase is good at? Because before he was a, a Jet, I heard he was a, a quarterback whisperer, and that's why we thought all thought Tannehill was trash. And then he kept, comes to the Jets, he gets Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, as you know, I was more annoyed that the, the Giants took Daniel Jones the next year than I was when we took Saquon Barkley. I was on the Saquon Bar- Barkley bandwagon, take the generational talent, and then you had those snarky-ass Jets fans t- saying thank you to, to the Giants for taking the running back and not taking Sam Darnold. Yeah. And and, if, and and oh, how is that how those tweets have aged like milk? It's just crazy. And it's and, I, and that's not even fun to me because you you knew when I wasn't happy with the with the DJ pick, I wanted a scenario where it was Daniel Danny Dimes and and Sam Darnold going at it for dominance in New York. I wanted both teams to be good. And, and, and seeing how badly they fucked up that quarterback. That was not super big on him, but the potential is there. He makes all the throws. He, he can make all the throws, and he makes throws that make you say, oh, my goodness, if they could just figure that out, he's going to be amazing. And then he makes throws that make you say, oh, my God, we're just get rid of him. <laughs> right. No, I, listen, I'm... You know, I, I call it what it is. He he's made some throws that make you say, "Bro, like, what are you thinking?" But I also have to understand that he's not working with a lot here. And then on top of that, they got rid of the one receiver that he was good with, which, which is Robbie Anderson. Um, who I, it's not, I don't think it's a coincidence that it's on the Panthers, and the Panthers are the one that got him. Because I'm sure Robbie Anderson, like, yo, that dude knew how to get me the football, so I'm good with him. Um, you know, I don't care. I don't care what else he does. He knows how to get me to football, and that's such a wide receiver thing to say. But it, that's NFL for you. If a wide receiver knows that a guy gets me the football, he's okay. I remember when Deshaun Watson first got to the Texans. D Hop was pissed because he wanted Tom Savage, even though Deshaun Watson went to Clemson. Even though everybody knew uh, Deshaun Watson was a much better quarterback than Tom Savage, Tom Savage knew to get D Hop the football. And, and that's all D-Hop's thing was. He's like, look, I play with Brock. Tom Savage. We had a Tom Savage name drop today. Yeah, no, but, but, and, and, D-Hop, <laughs> and D-Hop's thing is, look, I play with Brock Osweiler, who never gave me the football. I'd rather have Tom Savage, who sucks, but at least I know I'm going to get my touches. So, and obviously D-Hop and Deshaun became best friends because Deshaun was like, don't worry, brother. I know to get you the football. But the point of the matter is, that's a thing. And if you're the Panthers, you have to be at least a little bit more comfortable knowing that he has a chemistry with one of your top guys. You hope that he also has chemistry with DJ Moore and that he can, and you can fix the mistakes. Cause that's the thing. Guys are going to be wide open. So it's like, look, don't make it harder on yourself. Make the easy throw. The number one target or the goal, in my opinion, this is me being a fan playing Madden with the Panthers right now. 
Christian McCaffrey should be the number one target. He should have another, another, another. Let me underline that. Another thousand, thousand, thousand. yard receiving season. Thousand thousand, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's that good. I expected of him, and it, with, with health, you know, for for now. But if he's your number one target, and he puts all that focus on the on the on the screens and and the fugazi tight end routes he runs, that should be opening up the two guys you're talking about. And then finally, finally. We might be able to see Sam be a quarterback because oh, once he ranked this past year thirty third, he was last. He no, was, he wasn't even last. He wasn't just last. He was like not thirty second. He was. He was, a, he was a backup quarterback for sure, uh, and that's not even. And we forgot. To, and we didn't even say the biggest part is they didn't have to give up their number eight pick. They can still get a guy to help that offense even more. I think they're probably going to go defense again. But if Penny Sewell or Kyle Pitts is still there, and one of them could still be there. You do that. Or one of the top receivers. Or one of the top receivers, yeah. The Panthers, I don't understand. Listen, Jets fans, I get when when you make a trade and you're disappointed in a player and you're just kind of like, all right, F you and the horse you rode in on because you're just resentful. I've been there. I'm a Nets fan. I have a Nets pod. There's, I've recorded my resentment. I, so I'm not coming out, out of a space you know, that, that I haven't been in. But the Panthers look good, or like the or not good. The Pan- if you're a Panthers fan, there's no reason you shouldn't be optimistic right now. Yeah, none. I'm none. optimistic as a Giants fan because I was pissing off the world, calling myself a playoff team. We're under 500. People are like, "Not a playoff team." I'm like, well, if you make the playoffs, we're a playoff team. So I believe that if the Panthers just hit right in the first couple of rounds this time around, you guys might be looking good for the next three seasons. At, at least, least, at the, least. The, like so the Panthers and the Falcons are in an interesting space because they lost a lot of close games last year. So their front offices are thinking. So that, like even before when everybody was like, "Oh, the Falcons are going to get a quarterback," no, they're not. If you're the Falcons, you're thinking to yourself, "We're we're closer to a playoff team than a bottom five team. We need to help ourselves win now." Defense. They should go defense. That's what they should do, and that's what I'm saying. If you're the Panthers, you're sitting pretty because if the Falcons go defense, that means by the math of it. One of the top receivers and or Penny Sewell will be there at eight. So, so that's going to help your offense is, is even Trufant more. Is Trufant still there? Is that his name? The, the number 21 for the... Marcus Trufant? I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I don't pay attention yeah, okay. to that. I, 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 I think they made me feel better because the dude that had Deion Sanders' number, they gave him Deion Sanders' number on the Falcons, which is a big deal. And also, just show my fandom, even though we played for teams I hated, Deion Sanders is one of my favorite players of all yeah. time. So... It's just crazy to me that the Falcons haven't adopted that position. Like they they, they, they what, want to be the team that. What drafts the funny thing is they they've the, drafted the they've drafted it, but they've been decimated with injuries the last two years, especially in the secondary. So if if anything else, if you got a Patrick Sertain at four or something like that, all uh, it doesn't hurt to have at least depth at that position. Oh yeah, if they pick because, if they, if they pick up uh, the, the Sertain. Yeah, that's a, that's a good pick. I mean because. Again, that's probably what they're going to do. Their defense has been decimated with injuries the last two years. It's not even fair how many injuries they've had, especially in the secondary the last two years. Like it was really bad two years ago, and they're like, "All right, it can't be. It can't be that bad this year." And it was almost just as bad this year. So I think they might go defense. Um, and then again, so if you're the Panthers, you're sitting there saying, "Well, if they go defense, by the math of it, in terms of where we are, who's left, how many slots are left, we're gonna get." One of the best receivers in the draft. If not, we're going to get our left tackle for the next ten years. And I, and I have something to, to, to throw out to you. 
th that position they're in now, the Panthers, they might be able to do a deal with the other New York team because moving up for the Giants, 11-8, to eight, if Sewell's there, what you're saying, everything you said about the Panthers applies to the Giants. Yeah. If they really love Pitts and he's still there, if they really love Sewell and he's still there, if they want to go defense or offense, whatever position they want, because the Giants eliminated wide receiver, unless they really love one of those wide receivers, and pretty much cornerback. So if we can get that, the Panthers could be making another trade, moving back to 11, and getting a second-round a second round pick from this year. And, and you're just like, well, looks like we're adding more depth. Right. So, so the Panthers and the Falcons are in good positions to have because the moving back in a draft like this is, is expected, obviously. Right. It's a very top-heavy draft for the names that casuals like me and you that watch the playoffs, that watch the, the, the bigger bowl games, that watch the bigger rivalries. We, we, we aren't experts on college football. Me and you both looked at each other like, how is this kid from BYU getting all this hype all of a sudden? Not, and listen, I, I thank God I have a couple friends that have said me because they, they knew I wasn't being rhetorical. I'm like, no, you tell me why you're excited as a Jets fan. I'm curious. That's not, I'm not being a smartass. I don't know. I don't get it. So I, I, one of my friends, my friend Mike, sent me all these tweets and everything just from different people. And the kid, Zach Wilson, he don't look bad. Like, I've told him that, like, dude, I don't think he looks bad at all. I, I get why you're excited if you're getting him. Uh, trust me. It's just that he's from BYU. Dude, if he was the, I mean, the Bama quarterback, so, so I get for, it. So for me, my thing is, look, he looks good. But you know who else has all that potential? Sam Darnold. Because <laughs> here, here's my biggest thing. Here's why I said don't trade Sam Darnold. You're wasting the pick at two. I don't care. I don't care if Zach Wilson becomes the greatest quarterback of all time. It's still a wasted pick. When you're trying to fix, build up your team, if you have to replace first round picks with first round picks that early, those are wasted picks. And I will use the Steelers as an example, so people don't think I'm hating on the Jets. Three years in a row: Jarvis Jones, Ryan Shazier, Bud Dupree. Three years in a row, first round draft picks that are no longer on my team. We had to get T.J. Watt. To replace Jarvis Jones. T.J. Watt is a, is a beast. I think he should have won Defensive Player of the Year. I love T.J. Sure. Yeah, I loved I love T.J. Watt. You changed my mind from stats, and I was like, damn, that's a good... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, I, and I love T.J. Watt. I'm glad he's here, but you know what? I would have rather Jarvis Jones be T.J. Watt, and I would have rather had T.J. Watt doing that for another team as long as it's not the Ravens. And, it would have been the Ravens. You know, yeah, yeah, it definitely would have been the Ravens. And I would have rather us use that pick for somebody else. Ryan Shazier got hurt, so obviously that's you know that doesn't count. But unfortunately, we had to replace him with Devin Bush. Devin Bush looks good. He looks like he's going to be the real deal. But I would have rather that be Ryan Shazier, and we use that first-round pick on somebody else. And, and, the, and the funny of the butterfly effect of football, right? This is why just changing up a draft order in our imaginations, having a conversation about that, about it, is oversimplifying it. Because what you what you just said with the Steelers, right? Where did Bud Dupree go? To Tennessee. To Tennessee. They spent, Tennessee spent that money on Bud Dupree because they needed more lineback front se linebacker front seven up, right? So that means they can't pay their secondary. The Giants swoop in, take a 25-year-old cornerback and pay him that money. Why did the Giants pay a cornerback? They didn't know it was going to be available, but that young quarterback that they needed, the cornerback that they needed. Why? Because they whiffed on Baker. Right. And people forgot about that because he, he just messed up. Like It was one of those things where it's like, the Giants shouldn't have took him because there was red flags. We shouldn't have traded back up for him. We wasted all this capital, and now we had to overspend to get a good corner of the same age. Right, exactly. And that's what I'm saying. It's it's 
you know, when you, when you waste picks like that. And so now, and with the Steelers, we've had to we, – we drafted Trey Edmonds, who did, who's not that great of a safety. So what do we have to do? We had to trade another first-round pick to get Micah Fitzpatrick. These are all better replacements for what we had. But the fact that we had to waste first-round draft capital to replace first-round draft capital hurt us. How did it hurt us? To the point where Ben Roethlisberger is, is a shell of himself now. So when we finally have a defense, we've been trying to build that defense back up for a decade now. But because you had to waste all these first-round picks on defensive players, by the time you finally have a defense, Ben Roethlisberger's on his last leg, and he's probably, this is probably his last year. And realistically, we're probably not going to win the Super Bowl this year. So imagine... So you put Dwayne Haskins in, and you ride all the way to the yeah, chip, baby. Yeah, okay. <laughs> imagine if we would have hit on some of those picks earlier while Ben was still balling, while you still had A.B., when you still had Le'Veon. This team could have won championships. Plural. If you had, if we had this defense with the offense that we had back then, we, we would have been the best team in football, and it wouldn't. Have been, and it wouldn't even. One, what annoys me about putting together things that just can't work, like I just said, on my side, the blue side. When you had that that holy trinity, Eli, we had Eli Beckham and Barkley. You know what I think of, of the only difference I would make? I wish Joe Judge was my coach back then, yeah. because he could have made the defense competent. He could have figured out creative ways with the offense, running different packages, because he would have definitely used Beckham as a running back. So, and look, because you you saw last year with, with Scrubs, no no offense, but the casual fans didn't think we had any chance of a running game once Barkley went down, and then all of a sudden, our running game air quotes got better. Why? Because they weren't stacking the box because Barkley wasn't there. But you know, who knows football, right? <laughs> but I'm just saying, like. That I didn't see that type of offense from Shermer. I didn't see that type of offense from Ben McAdoo. So it really goes to show you, especially in this case with the Jets, how important all these factors all are. These. The GM to the coach, because you could have a good GM. I don't know if Gettleman's a good GM, so don't twist my words here. I don't think he's as terrible as I thought he was, because he's made a couple of moves that made me go, damn, that worked. Right. So, hey, I, I'm, happy, I'm pleasantly surprised. But GM matters. Coach matters. Yeah. And... And to see Sam Darnold in another jersey before he's 25 years old, after the years I heard that you don't draft a running back that high because quarterbacks, yada, yada, yada. Well, I'm glad you said because that's that's where I was going to go next. Because here's the thing. People said, for the pessimists out there that say, well, Sam Darnold can't be that good because Baker came out that same draft. He's a lot better. Josh Allen came out that same draft. He's a lot better. But, again, look at what happened to them. Baker had all the weapons. His coaching staff sucked. They got rid of coaching staff, Got a, brought in Kevin Stefanski, who's a much better coach, and now he looks like he's a good player. Josh Allen had the coaching staff, but he didn't necessarily have the weapons. Uh, Buffalo actually upgraded their coaching staff even more, brought in some more offensive guys to help him develop, and brought in Stephon Diggs, so he had a legit receiver, and now he almost won the MVP last year. What did Sam Darnold get? In his three years, his weapons got worse. His coaching staff got worse. And the hindsight. That's another thing that's terrible. Because people this, in this offseason are, are saying, I bet the Giants wish they took Josh Allen over Barkley. I ain't hear that in three years. This is the first time I'm hearing that. Me and you, me and you were football fans back then. There was no narrative that the Giants should take Josh Allen. The narrative the Giants, of, the, of quarterbacks the Giants might take were Mayfield, Sam, and uh, Rose. Well, well, to be fair, I, I did have Josh Allen as my number one quarterback that, that year. Thank you. But 
I said the I thought I thought hey, I, was I, wrong. I thought the Browns should have taken him at one. So, but that's so, just me. I, I, look, you look at me. I'm every, any position I'm better at scouting. The worst one I'm, I'm at in scouting is quarterback. You want me to be a decent linebacker? I, I can draft some decent linebackers, decent cornerbacks, decent defensive players all around the board. You tell me to draft a quarterback, I'm the worst pick. That's what I've established over the last decade of doing this. Of just being like, hey, I think this quarterback's going to be good. You know who I've been right on? Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, and and Jalen Hurts. Those are the three ones that stick out to me. Like, I, I say they're better than everyone's giving them credit for. Those are the only three that I can stick my hat to. Like, no, no, no. And A.J. McCarron, who never really got a shot in the pros like that. He was always going to be destined to be a backup in, in Bama. But he, but that was the that's the curse of Bama, because because yeah. AJ McCarron, he's one of the, he's like Colt McCoy, yeah. Like he really isn't terrible. He, he's not. You won't lose a game because of them. But you probably won't. You're probably not winning a bunch either. Yeah. yeah. So so but that's but so like I don't know, man. Because college football, I wish there was more uniformity in the rules too. I mean, because here's my thing on the Jets side of this. Again, I hope Zach Wilson is good, but um, again, you could have Sewell. You could have Pitts. You could have Chase. All dudes that are worth the number two pick in the draft. Or you could have done what the Dolphins did. You could have traded back to 12 with the 49ers. Don't tell me the 49ers called the Dolphins at three and didn't call the Jets at two. You could have traded back with them. Probably got even more than what the 40, than what the Dolphins got. Traded back up into six with, with the Eagles like the Dolphins did. And guess what? Sewell, Chase, Pitts, one of them, by the math of it, would would have been there at six. By the math of everything, they would have been there at six. So, again, somebody that you could have had at two still been there at six, and you probably would have gotten even more picks with all the trading than you got from the, the Panthers. Because that's the one thing I will say. They do have 21 picks in the next couple of years. They have, like, 10 picks in the next two, in the first two rounds over the next, like, or the, I'm sorry, the first three rounds over the next two years. That's a lot of picks. So, yes, you're starting out with your quarterback, and the rest of those picks will be to help bring him in. So before he even takes a snap, really, he's going to have a much better team than what Sam Darnold had. Fine, but imagine if you would have just kept that number two pick or traded down and used it on a playmaker to help the quarterback that you had already. Do the Panthers and the Jets play this year? I have no idea. I hope so. That'd be a cool game. I don't know. If, I don't know if the AFC East is playing the NFC South this year. Right? Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, I forget who we who, who the NFC East played for the AFC wise. So I, I, I yeah, that. we well, I know we our divisions played each other last year. So I don't know how that. Yeah, I don't know what the rotation is. I know, and I know we play the. Actually, do we play the South this year? No, we play the North. We play the North this year. So I don't. So I don't know. The South is open. I don't know, but it, it's. Like that's that's the frustrating part about it. It's well, just like you're the, you're the fraud Panthers fan here. Who do you want the Panthers to take? Don't look at me like that. Who do I want them to be? <laughs> to be very honest with you, I wouldn't mind. I would like they can't go wrong here. If they go defense, if they take Parsons or Sertain, I'd be happy. But I I believe it's Parsons might be. Wait, no, it's eight. So yeah, I ain't too high. Uh, if but again, if Sewell or Pitts are there, I think they're gonna take those guys. If Sewell or Pitts are there, they're gonna take them. Again, your left your left tackle for the next decade, you got to take him. And and if Pitts is there, a tight end to make that a dynamic tight end to make that dynamic offense even more dynamic, yeah, you take him. Um, so that's what I'm saying. That as a as a Panthers fan, you have to be happy. They can't go wrong here. Like you said, even if they wanted to trade back a little bit and try to get somebody else, 
cool. But my, my thing is, this team looks good. They brought in Hassan Reddick, who I believe played for Rule at Temple. I think they were at Temple at the same time. They brought in AJ Bouye. So even in, when uh, they're deep, they've been preaching defense, and that's what I love about it. They are so confident in their offense. That's why they've been going so hard for a quarterback because they're like, look, the offense is going to take care of itself. Let's make sure this defense is stout because once we get the right quarterback, we're going to be zooming on offense. Um, and I love it. So I, um, at the number eight pick, I would not be the least bit surprised if Sertain is taken or Parsons is taken unless Sewell and or Pitts is there. Then I think they go offense. So I, I'm, I'm going to be happy no matter what they do, honestly. Don't worry. We still have plenty of time. We still got, like, what, two weeks? Something like that, man. It's, it's, I hate this Three time. weeks. I think it's three. I hate this time of year because it, it just seems like... At least there's been moves this year because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to complain more often. Cause yeah, I, I, no. complained two we- I complained two weeks ago about there's going to be nothing but bullshit the next couple weeks, and we've gotten trade after trade after trade. So hold on real quick. No, man, nothing's th- happening. Th- nothing's th- happening. <laughs> three weeks from, from yesterday. That's when the first round happens. Three weeks from yesterday. 20 days. It's the ninth today. 20 Random days. question before we sign off. And this has nothing to do with what we were talking about. But it has everything to do with the draft. As a fan, the nerdy fans we are, mm-hmm. do you like the first round or do you like watching the later rounds when it, you're just seeing what teams are thinking? Oh, first round, for sure. You really like the, you like the first round of one? Yeah. Well, I mean, the first round, those are the most important things on your team. Like I, like, like I just said, those, those picks matter. You can't screw those up. That's how jobs are lost. I um, really like, though. The nerdy part of me isn't this anticipation where you're just overhyping the first 32 picks. I like rounds two through five because you get to see the team building. You get to see the. Oh, no, no. Oh, okay. When you meant later on, I thought you meant like rounds like five through seven. Like, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, like, I remember sitting there waiting for Tyron oh, yeah. Matthew to get drafted. And I and yeah. disbelief, he. And pissed, my Giants didn't take The up. first two days are my favorite day. Rounds one, two, and three. And then, again, I, I'll wake up Saturday m- morning to watch four through five. And that's what I like about it. I, I, yeah. I think it's so cool it's that awesome. we can just wake up and, and we're just seeing, like, oh, that dude I really like on my team or in my conference. Like, I'm a Rutgers fan. I love hating Michigan and, and, and Ohio, but there's a pride thing just to seeing your conference keep going. As you know, you, with, with your Bobcats, man. It's, it's that little things. If you see a Bobcat go in the NFL draft in round six, you're going to be like, yeah. hell yeah. No, if I see anybody from the MAC um, go, go in the drive, I'm happy for it, except, except Miami of Ohio. Fuck them. Because my, my wife's cousin got drafted by the Jaguars a couple years ago out of Monmouth. Mm-hmm. And her family knows nothing about NFL professional sports like that. They're very casual. They'll, they'll turn on the Super Bowl. That's the only thing they even might turn on in the whole year. So they asked me, how much money does a six-round pick make or something like that? And I was like, well, league minimum is like half a mil at least, like before taxes at least. And they looked at me like, you're joking. And I was like, oh, no, because they was like, oh, he's probably not going to play. I'm like, yeah, probably not because he's a tight end wide receiver. Going that deep, you're probably not going to play unless you just light it up in camp. So I didn't want to lie to my family. I'm just talking to him. So he's not going to play. No, it'll be practice squad. How much you make on practice squad? I don't know, somewhere between 100 and 200,000. The looks on their faces were like, excuse me? They're like, is that for, like, the year? I was like, oh, it's for the season. Like, what do you, yeah, the year. I'm like, well, the season's like nine months, I guess. And they're like, so he might not even play. And he's going to make six figures no matter what. If he doesn't get cut before it starts and he's a pick, which is very unlikely for a pick to get cut before training camp, yeah, he's going to make money. Like, he's probably going to make at least a guaranteed 80K 
just by getting right. drafted. Right. And, and 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 seeing the look on their face, it just kind of was that reassurance that like which we missed. Me and you talked about last year on the pod. It the, the best part about the COVID draft was at least getting to see the players with their family with their families yeah. and be happy. Because yeah. that's real. Yeah. That is the realest thing in the sport besides winning the, the chip or that big game and just seeing that happiness that, like, sometimes the, the people think that the players don't have. They, oh, they don't love the game. No, the, the players might not love the fans. As much as it hurts fans to hear that, they might not love y'all and because they, y'all are petty. Right. But they do love the game. Yeah. And, I mean, you don't, you're don't. you not that good at something that you don't love because I, I, I tell people all the time, I don't care how athletic you are, you don't make it to that level unless you're dedicating yourself night in and night out to that sport. Like, you're practicing it. You're playing it. You're working on your craft. You're getting better. Like, so that's why when you see these guys cry, when you see their families cry, because they know how hard they had to work to get there, and now they have an opportunity to change their lives forever. Ever. Forever. Even if you, guys, even if they suck, even if you're a bust, even if, like, like and, and I'm sorry, but I, this is the first one that came in my head because it's the most recent. Even Dwayne Haskins, unless you blew all that money, which is amazing during a pandemic, that you would blow all the money you got from being the selection you, you were. 15th. It, 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 but I'm saying that's... 15th. You, you got generational money. 15th. Like, like, listen, I get... 15, 15th, probably got 15 mil. <laughs> no, dude, say it's 1 million. People are like, that's not generational money. Well, if you're broke, if you come from a family that makes 30K before taxes. That's a lot. A million dollars? A million? You give me 100K. I'll turn that into 200K. <laughs> like, come on, man. People act like it's chump change because we get so desensitized as fans. Mind you, like you know, I, I, can't, I come from working in a warehouse with my boys, listening to the sports radio, and, and we forget talking about hearing numbers like, uh, Lindor just signed this ungodly amount of money, and, and, and so shout out to him, and he got his own signature shoe. Shout out to him. It's New Balance's first ever baseball shoe. Good for him. Good for New Balance too. That's a weird part. That's making me feel old. Is that New Balance is making all these moves? And it's like, so they got Kawhi and Lindor. Yeah. I'm like, yo, that's that's low key shout, sneaky. Shout out to Cleveland for getting rid of another superstar talent. Thank you. Wow. All right. Tell them where they can find you. Shout out Kevin Porter Jr. Cavaliers, you suck. <laughs> we got. We, I'm gonna talk about it on another pod. But they can find me. I never forget me. That's N E V A the underscore the number four B R E T T underscore M E on Instagram and Twitter. Not the Chuck D. All the socials. We're at the Dope Blog. www blog. The Dope Blog on all the streaming stuffs. You know, Podbean. Apple, Spotify, thank you for listening. Catch us at the underscore dope blog on Instagram. Peace. Go Jets. Don't bother me, I'm working. Don't bother me, I'm working.